Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier, and this is the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to NL Full-Time, I'm Luke Edwards. Slightly different start this week because we're at the big National League game of the weekend between Stockport County and Torquay. So we're here at Edgeley Park. Do little audio pieces throughout the game and then we'll review all the results later on. So two teams are out. Just going through the warm-ups. The two captains are just meeting in the middle. Liam Hogan and Asa Hall. Huge game this in the National League. Stockport win, it could be back to be in a three-horse race. Gary Johnson, Siren Rusk have just fist-pumped and uh, we're getting ready to go. We've had 15 minutes, both sides have had chances. Armani Little's uh, headed one over when he should have scored. And also Scott Bowden's first say that Ben Hinchliffe. And Lucas Coverley made an unbelievable save from Alex Reid. It looked like it was going in a corner and he stretched to tip it wide. But really good open start between these two sides. What a chance there for Conor Lemahey Evans for Torquay. He, Lean Hogan was caught a bit on his heels there. And Lemahey Evans nicked in from a tight angle, dinked it over Ben Hinchliffe. It looked like it was going to go in, but it hit the inside of the post and came out. Still nil-nil. What a fantastic goal there. From Macaulay Southam Hales, he played a 1 2 with Newby and he curled it left forward into the top corner past Coverlan. 1 0 to Stockport. Almost a remote response from Torquay, they've got a penalty. Lemonade Heavens was brought down by Ryan Crowsdale and Scott Bowden is going to step up against Ben Hinchcliffe. Steps forward. Oh, it straight down the middle and equalises. Half time here, and I must admit, I thought it was going to be cagey, but it's been anything but. Both sides going for it because they both need to win. So both sides have been going for it. Hammer and Tong Torquay have had the more chances. Ben Hinchcliffe's performed really well in the Stockport goal, produced two or three brilliant saves. Armani Little missed a sitter. Well, Lucas Coverline's made a couple of real good saves as well, but he had no chance when Macaulay Southern Hales opened the scoring and then Scott Bowden equalised at half time. As I say, Aaron Downs was Aaron Downs was sent to the uh, stands, the assistant manager of Tarkey. Seemed a bit of a fuss over nothing really, over the disputing of, a, of the throw-in, which was awarded about a minute or so before the Stockport goal. He didn't seem that aggressive really, but he was sent to the stand and that caused consternation amongst the Torquay staff. But yeah, it's uh, set up to be an exciting second half. Yeah, Torquay lead here now. It's a shot from Jake Andrews, which hit the bar. Bit of a scruffy goal in the end, deflected up off Scott Bowden from about half a yard out. Couldn't miss. But they all count, and they lead 2-1. And we're back level again. And it was all about the delivery from John Rooney from the corner. We whipped it with so much pace to the back post. In came Ash Palmer to head it in, and we're back level again in this game. We've got 13 minutes to go. It's 2-2. It's evenly poised. Both sides having half chances. The best one just then was... 
Benji Kimpioka running through and he missed one, a one-on-one last week against Bromley and I think that was playing on his mind a bit because he squared it to Conor Lemonhead-Emmons when he really should have gone for goal it was a massive letter for County but I still think there's going to be a win in this game It finished 2-2 in the end. Fantastic game for the National League. No quarter given by either side. Ultimately, Stockport County probably be the slightly happier of the two. They move back into third on goal difference. They'll back themselves to beat Woking. Uh, Tarky, really impressive, created loads of chances. Stockport hung in there. So um, we're going to get reaction shortly from both camps, hopefully. So, Gary Johnson, 2-2, just give us your, your feelings on that. Well, of course, it was important for us to win the game. Um, we, we got ourselves into two winning positions and Stockport pulled it back twice. So, we're frustrated. We're not angry, necessarily, mm. but uh, we're frustrated. It's not over till it's over, of course. You know, it's still a goal difference, is it? You know, we've got two games uh, that we've got to play. So... Um, as I say, it's a, a frustration, um, but we did create mm. enough chances to have gone away with three points, and, and that's probably more the frustration than our performance, because I thought our performance was good. I thought both teams mm. played very well. For me, that was a second division stroke, first division quality match. So credit to both sets of players for putting on a, you know, uh, putting on a good show in front of the cameras. Yeah, like I say, it was a great advert for the National League, wasn't it? Chances at both ends. Both sides were going for it at the end as well, knowing what was at stake. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and they were. And both teams needed to win. And you could see at the end there, when everybody collapsed almost yeah. to the floor, yeah. that they'd given everything they had. And uh, as I say, credit to both sets of players. Just give us your thoughts on the first goal. I mean, obviously, didn't feel it went your way. Aaron Downs was sent off as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Downs was sent off because, you know, there was a lot of little things that were turning momentum around we had the momentum for a little bit yeah. and um, and the fourth official actually said he thought the referee had made a mistake for the throwing mm. and they scored from that you know within sort of 30 seconds so uh, obviously you want the fourth official to speak to the if they've got these ear, ear things yeah. in you'd expect him to say to the ref that it's a yeah. Our throw. It's a tall key throw. Mm. Obviously he didn't because the referee didn't change his mind. They throw the ball in and then all of a sudden they get a free kick and it goes in the back of the net. <laughs> so that was why Downsy was frustrated. Um, he, you know, and uh, the referees didn't lose us the game You know, because we're, yeah. we're playing, they're just officiating. But at the same time, there was a lot of little things that went wrong or didn't go in our favour. And I'm sure Simon might say the same yeah. <laughs> for his team. But so that was why Downs got a bit frustrated, and um, and all of a sudden the fourth official wants to make a decision. Yeah, yeah. But, but there you go. So the least I say about that, the better, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, two games to go. Then obviously you'll keep pushing Sutton all the way, and I suppose it's just a case of winning both those games and see what happens now. Yeah, that's all we can do. Mm. I mean, you know, for me, I'm not planning on necessarily going on holiday. We'll be uh, probably holidaying in just outside Torquay. <laughs> or inside nice, Torquay. nice place. Lovely, though, place, place mate, <laughs> lovely place. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I don't mind playing the extra games, mm. and I'm sure the lads don't because they enjoy each other's company. And if you can 
if you don't get automatic promotion and you had a crystal ball going through the playoffs and winning them is even better. So we've still got that excitement to come if it comes down to that. Simon, 2-2 jar, just give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, probably a good game for the, yeah. for the spectators. Um, you know, probably a fair result in the end. I think both teams have had good opportunities to win it. Um, two, two really hard-working, honest, strong teams in the division trying to win a game. Um, and uh, in the end, you know, take the point, and particularly coming back from a goal down in the second half. Was it a bit too open? Because I thought it's going to be a cagey game today, and it wasn't straight from the off, was it? Probably, for me, coaches, mm. hat on. Don't like open games, yeah. um, but sometimes it's just the pattern of the game, it's scenario, the situations that both teams are in, and that's how it pans out. So you know, whether it was expected or not, not so sure, but certainly, you know, it made it um, it made it a really challenging game, both with and without the ball. You were obviously missing Paddy Madden today, but the players stepped up, didn't they? Yeah, and you know, I touched on before the game that trust my squad, trust mm. the players. You know, the ones that have come in and out, attitudes been impeccable, and performance levels good. So. You know that's um, that's part and parcel of being a really good side. Um, I, I'm, I can be, I we in the group can be pleased with the lads' contribution that came into the team today. And although it's only a jar at home, you want would have wanted to have won. You, you're back into third place on goal difference, and home advantage in the playoffs is, is key, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you've got to maximise all of these scenarios, and um, and in the end, the point today, you know, helps us maximise them scenarios. And obviously, it'd be good. So we'll have the fans back in for this last home game, which is coming up on Saturday against Woking. Yeah, really excited by that. Um, you know, it's been um, it's been a really hard time for for everyone in general. Mm, yeah. You know, and I'm really pleased that football fans, and in particular, obviously the Stockport mm. County fans, now can get this back in their lives. You know, and be part of their routine and have something to look forward to. And hopefully, we can give them something that they can really connect with and be proud of. Is that difficult coming into a new club in this situation? No fans, with all the sort of Restrictions and you've got to be careful as well. Can you not maybe maximise what you want to do? Um, yeah, look, you, you want your fans with you. Mm. You know, you want them behind you, particularly, you know, in the stadium in in games where you're you're pushing on or trying to get back in. They'll, mm. you know, they'll be the they'll be the spirit that might get you over the line in the end. So, of course, you want them with you, and particularly in them home games, it, it's a telling advantage at times. Stockport County captain Liam Hogan, two-two. Um, sense of frustration that you haven't won. Probably the way the game was going towards the back end, yeah. Maybe we thought that, uh, yeah, we know that both teams were going for it. It's probably a great game for a neutral to, to watch. Good advert for this level. And um, I felt like we was probably growing on to what probably could have been a winning goal, especially after uh, we had the setback. And we know we've got to take care of that second goal a lot better. But um, the reaction was fantastic from the lads. Um, and obviously, yeah, we stopped a good side in their tracks, same as we did again in uh, the midweek game with Dagenham. Um, both teams came and threw everything at us and we were a bit more resilient to, uh, to probably practice for what would be a similar event in the playoffs. So um, we'll take a lot from it. But I wouldn't say it was as much frustration. I think the point's going to probably be a good point in yeah, terms of yeah. looking after those uh, second and third spots. Um, now we've got two games now to take care of. And, and obviously... You know, being in a better position than, uh, than Hartlepool who were challenging us for that. Yeah, because normally Torquay finish strong, don't they? But you were the team on the, the front foot towards the end and Torquay did start well, didn't they? But it was roles reverse today and like you say, you did look strong and maybe 10 minutes more you might have gone on and won it. Yeah, probably, yeah. We made the change as well and that sort of gives a little bit more emphasis of getting bodies forward and they sort of were doing a lot of the defending and we was on the front foot and... Um, <laughs> 
I think from from that change, I think there was only one side that was probably going to look likely. Um, but obviously, in terms of, of, of success on the pitch, uh, the good habits came back into things. Whereas we thought we was slightly off it in the in the first half. And um, you know what? All, all credit, like I said, to Torquay, even to, to Sutton. Those two sides have have been. Uh, uh, probably one of the keys in scoring yeah. late goals and keeping things going towards the back end of games and we knew that they put a lot of pressure from being quite direct, winning the throw-ins and, and the corners and, and free kicks and I think overall the majority of that game we've handled it well and, and like you say we had our moments as well, it's called them problems And it's looking like the playoffs now it's going to be massive isn't it, Edgley Park probably with as many fans as, as can be allowed but it's, it's, it's certainly going to be an advantage isn't it? Yeah I think out of everything uh, we, we sort of owe something to to the community, to the, the, the fans, because they've, they've watched us from you know the live stream and been away from the, the pitch, and you know we're really looking forward to having our family back. You know the fans are our family, and we all want the same thing. And um, you know to see some of those uh, faces in the crowd on on Saturday is going to be a big boost for us, and obviously it'll be a big boost for for the ones that do get in. And we want to just put on a good display again and. You know, if it is to be in that game that we can secure a little advantage going into those playoffs, then we'll take that because uh, I know I've been in that scenario yeah. before, and we know um, there's going to be some tough teams that go into that sort of playoff uh, competition. So um, we've just got to keep doing what we're doing. I think this unbeaten run has been really successful for us, and uh, I think we're, we're holding on to that really well. Uh, but on the other side of it, the flip side of it as well, we are we are showing that we're, we're trying to push and win those games as well as not just holding on. So. We'll be in a good position, like I said. Those last two games that we've just had have posed us, you know, different problems that we faced this season and put us in a good position for when we do go into to that uh, the playoff scenario. Brill, cheers. I'll leave it there because it's quite noisy. Nice, nice one, cheers, Liam. Joining me to review the rest of the action, it is Rob Warrell and special guest joining us this week. It is freelance journalist and he keeps his eyes abreast on everything happening in the National League. It is Tom Fian. Hiya, Tom and Rob. Hello, mate. Hi Tom, hi Luke. So you've heard my thoughts, you've heard the manager's thoughts. What were your thoughts on that Stockport Torquay game? I mean, I, I've personally, obviously, that last 10 minutes, I think you could tell just how much it meant for Torquay United to try and get that winner. And again, you've got two teams that have gone into this one and really good runs of form. Stockport, in the end, it's 16 games unbeaten, Torquay United 11 unbeaten. And you could just see the quality that both teams have and... You know, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of neutrals who were watching that game, finding it very entertaining. Two really good attacking teams, and kind of one of those where you know, Torquay will leave that one really disappointed. They weren't able to get the win because of the ramifications for not winning. I think all in all, a point really was the fair result. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Tom. Uh, in terms of it being a fair result, I. I also think, you know, kind of it was all billed as the, the game that both sides needed to win. And, and, and because of that need, probably another part of the reason why we ended up with the draw. But when you look at it afterwards, it was, it was, it, 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 it was the, the draw that probably most reasonably has, has um, ended, not ended Torquay's title hopes, but it's made it very difficult for them. But actually... When you then look at the league table afterwards, it wasn't the worst draw in the world for Stockport. They keep their unbeaten run going and they are ahead of Hartlepool, albeit only on goal difference. But 
what it means is it, it, they're a little bit more in control of finishing third than Hartlepool are, and Hartlepool do have to go to Sutton next week. So we could well have twists further. Um, Torquay, it's only a point, but they can probably close close to Sutton again with a home win against Barnet next Saturday and, uh, and just put all the focus and attention back on Gander Green Lane next Sunday. One thing it does do, it definitely ends Stockport's title hopes today. Well, no, they will now be looking at the playoffs and it's in, in really important for them that they get the home advantage with that crowd in. I mean, I was there today and there was a few fans knocking around outside, making a bit of noise. They're that eager to get in and, and they'll get the chance to do that, as I mentioned to Simon Rusk, against Woking on Saturday. And that'll be a big advantage for Stockport in those playoffs, won't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I've... I've gone on record as saying if Stockport finish third I believe they'll win the playoffs um, I probably would apply the same kind of approach to Hartlepool if I'm honest if they can squeeze into third place um, although they did lose of course their last home game against Maidenhead quite spectacularly but that sometimes happens in football when a long run ends the wheels come right off don't they um, and of course you can't rule out Torquay because uh, Gary Johnson's will be the one Involved in that race, who's done it before. Uh, Dave Challoner's had heartache before um, in the playoffs with Fylde and um, Simon Rusk. It'll be a it'll be a whole new experience. And then and then who else will join them as well? Well, I guess we'll look at the other games. But mm. that, that those playoff chasing teams change positions so many times during the games on Saturday. Uh, none more so, of course, than Wrexham, but we'll come to that in due course. Yeah, there is a dark horse I'm going to chuck in there later on. When I was talking to both sets of media today, he did bring out cold sweat, so we'll get onto that shortly. But as I mentioned, it is Advantage Sutton. They had, I know before the game at Maidenhead, you had people like Gandemonium, the Sutton fan site, saying, We've got a terrible record at Maidenhead. That's where we'll trip up and potentially hand Tarkey the advantage. But they avoided a massive banana skin, a big hurdle jumped for Sutton. It took him until the 65th minute to break the deadlock when David Adjaboy scored. Then Isaac Olafe got on the score sheet for Louis John. And I know it's a goal you enjoyed, Rob, uh, scored in injury time. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's renowned for getting up there on set pieces and free kicks and corners and, 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 and getting on the end of things, Louis John. But he showed a lot of composure. Uh, 2-0 into the final dying minutes, Maidenhead pushing forward and he got the ball in his own half uh, and could see the goal gaping at the other end with the keeper out of position and uh, he put it on target. Another goal for him and having watched Sutton up close and personal two of their last three games and, and, and kept across the one on the, in TV against Notts County, I think Matt Gray's got them playing quite freely given what's at stake here. I think they're continually happy to take the role of little old Sutton, the one team that's not been in the Football League before. Uh, and it's paying off right now because tricky game away to Maidenhead. You know, you've seen them put four past Hartlepool a week earlier. Um, maybe, maybe for Maidenhead, Hartlepool, Notts County and Sutton all in, in one week. Uh, even for a magician like Dev was a little bit too much. Yeah, Matt Greystacks was the sort of bloke who's always relaxing that rubs off on the players. And, and Tom... Can't really see past Sutton now for the title, can we? I don't think. No, I think, you know, that win against Maidenhead, it was, I think what it showed as well, it's the marker and the way they won that game. You know, because half an hour to go, you know, there's pressure on how's the bottle and to play the way they did to get the goals they did. It just shows that freedom, you know, what Rob was saying. 
these players, they're going into these games, you know, you can tell when you watch, when you watch them, they're enjoying this pressure. You know, there's a lot of teams that maybe they haven't been there before, they haven't got that experience and it's whether or not when, when the time comes, can they deliver? And you know what? Fair play to Sutton because a couple of weeks ago, you looked at the fixtures that they had coming up and it looked like, you know what, they've got some really tough games. Can they get the results? And you know, Matt Gray is doing an incredible job there. And if they gain promotion, then obviously that has to be manager of the season wrapped up as well, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. And well, Rob, you always say about we never feature Aldershot early on in the podcast. Well, we will do because they took on Hartlepool. What, because they lost? <laughs> yeah, 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 and because they lost, yeah. Well, yeah. you spoiled it now. Yeah. We're going to get to it. But first, I know before the game, you caught up with Hartlepool director and Sky Sports presenter, Jeff Stelling. I'm joined pre-match here at the UBB uh, by Jeff Stelling. Jeff, how cool is it that you got sadly off and... The pools were playing 30 miles southwest of London. Yeah, well, look, it's fantastic. I mean, normally it's um, it's a lot further to travel normally, but uh, it, it's great. It's a great opportunity for me as well, y- you know, to, to be here. I like to, to try and make the effort, especially if there's nobody else travelling from the club from the northeast to be here, so the boys can at least see, hey, there's somebody here, somebody shouting at us. And, um, you know, later in the afternoon, I'm sure, you know, the... Shahid will be telling me to be quiet because I, I just can't. I can't be quiet. And uh, spoke to you uh, up in the uh, media box there at half time a couple of years ago, and the situation was looking pretty bleak for Hartlepool. Thankfully, much, much better times now. And, and, and you're in a playoff chase here, um, I guess pushing for that third spot if you can get it. At third is realistic now. Uh, I mean, that's what we have to be aiming at. We talking and certain credit to them both. You know, Torquay came through a really rough patch earlier in the season. It looked terminal at one stage for in terms of their title hopes, um, but they come back really well. And Sutton, everybody's expected them to fall away, but they haven't. They've, they've, they've kept going. So massive credit to them. And the battle now for us really is to finish ahead of Stockport, because that third spot is so important. You know, you're one home game away from a playoff final, and our home form, with the exception of last week, has been outstanding. So. It means we have to win, have to win at Aldershot, and, and we have to hope that Torquay do as a favourite Stockport. How good is it to have two players uh, scoring goals freely, Rizzo's with some crackers, particularly of late, and, and Luke Armstrong has been uh, a little quieter lately, but comes back into the side today. Yeah, I mean, Luke um, gave us lift-off, really, you know, because we were playing decent football, but we weren't putting the ball in the back of the net, and Luke came from Salford came in, and he's done an absolutely brilliant job, not just with his goal scoring, but you know, his movement is fantastic, his work ethic is brilliant as well. And research, well, I was chatting with my son on the way here today, we both reckon that Reese has been our player of the season. You know, double figures goals and a clean sheet as well, because of course he went in goal at Boreham Wood right, when we yeah. lost our goalkeeper early on. Um, so so that, that's that been brilliant. But, it's, but look, it's been a, a, a team contribution, team game as well. Gary Little, who's back today, having missed the Maidenhead game through suspension, he has been phenomenal just phenomenal this season as well so when you're looking for players of the season he'd be right up there with Reeselts and probably Nicky Featherston as the contenders Great to catch up with you and good luck for the rest of the season after today of course and uh, and maybe we'll catch up with you at Wembley Yeah Oh look fingers crossed I mean Bristol I mean, uh, I mean Ashton Gate uh, uh, Yeah at Ashton Gate all the Hartlepool fans would 
much rather be going to Wembley than Ashton Gate. That was Jess Stelling, of course, Hartlepool fan. He was down at the Ebb Stadium to see Hartlepool, as you mentioned, Rob, beat Aldershot in the ending. You came out with a nice little ditty on the WhatsApp group to describe it. Well, I did. I, did, I mean, I did actually uh, I did actually nick that from... Uh, from, from uh, oh, you never Mark said Butler, that. The, the Shots TV <laughs> presenter, but I thought it was quite good, so I'd use it. Oh, Dicky! Dicky's yeah. going to knock marks off now. Dicky gave you full marks for that, but now he knows you've cheated. He's uh, he's kicked you yeah. out the exam hall. I'm afraid. Yeah, Paul's got their oats, and uh, it was Armstrong at the stretch. And even when Mo scored, it didn't make it any better for shots who were ultimately knocked down by a feather stone. Hmm. <laughs> there we go. So that's uh... it. Is that are you leaving the silence there for like the <sighs> moment? <laughs> got tumbleweeding, yeah, definitely. But no, let's. Um... But you got the score. Yeah, you got all the scores there, of the games in there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, in terms of, yeah. of Hartlepool, what did you think? Game of two periods, really. The first hour, 58, 59 minutes or so, um, there wasn't a lot in it. Both sides had two or three chances. Um, and then the quality of Hartlepool started to show. The, uh, when I... I say the fitness, I mean the freshness probably because they'd had a whole week to prepare all the shot. I'd had a, a game Saturday and Tuesday. Um, and, and the difference really showed by the end. Hartlepool went 2-0 up by those players we chatted about with Jeff uh, Armstrong and Oates. Oates really impressed me on the day. He, he managed to pull out wide left most of the time and pull Jamie Sendles white with him and gave him a torrid time. Um, what actually happened in the end, you could see happening uh, earlier periods of the game, and it finally did. Uh, and then when Aldershot got back into it through a Mobetima penalty, they couldn't even create another chance to get level after that because Hartlepool were down the other end and uh, uh, another penalty uh, for Elliot Swallow, the referee, and um, and that was duly tucked away by Featherstone. Um, was that difficult to swallow, Rob, a... as well? <laughs> yeah, difficult one to swallow, yeah. Um I think what it showed me is that Hartlepool haven't, they've dusted themselves down after those two defeats. They've, they've gone back to reality that they were, they were in a playoff race. Um, you know, it briefly looked as if they might flirt with ideas of winning the title, but they're not carrying any hangover from that. They got the job done well in the end against Aldershot and uh, they'll go to Sutton in good spirits uh, next, uh, next weekend. And they'll have a week to prepare for that game again. Yeah, and that is uh, that is going to be a big game. I believe it's going to be on television. And I think the game is going to be moved. So we're looking looking forward to seeing that. And, and obviously there'll be a crowd back in for that one as well. Now we know Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds love a good blockbuster, a good movie blockbuster with a, an entertaining scoreline. And they certainly got that because Wrexham came from behind to beat Boreham Wood. They looked dead and buried, but then the main casting role in this particular story was Reese Hall-Johnson, who popped up and got two goals with a supporting cast role from Jordan Ponticelli. And after an hour, Rob, it looked like it was one of those days for Wrexham and he could well be slipping out the playoffs, but what a comeback. We've, we've questioned Wrexham's credentials in the past, but fantastic comeback for them. That, that, that fascinated me yesterday. I've kept an eye on that and uh, I did look at the live league table when Boreham Wood were 2-0 up and I thought, oh dear, Wrexham. They were in ninth place at the time. Um, 
And, uh, you know, poor old Boreham Wood, it's come back to haunt them, throwing away those two goal leads. They did it quite a few times, two or three times, didn't they? During that run of games, they kept drawing. Uh, and this time, it was even worse. They lost it in the end. That will give Wrexham huge belief, huge momentum. And, yeah, credit to uh, ultimately a defensive or a wide player, Reese Hall-Johnson, with, with two goals. And I'd imagine uh, Rob and Ryan were literally on the edge of their seats yesterday watching that comeback. Yeah, I mean, it's given, I think them just coming in and a deal getting done, Tom, has just given them a huge boost in general, both on and off the field. And whatever people might say about the bonuses and things like that, they are trying to interact with the community. And, and you can just see that that momentum they've built, even though they haven't even set foot in the place yet. Yeah, I think in terms of initial outlay and initial outset, it's been a very positive move by them. And, you know, the, the one of the first things they've done is try and sort what's been going off off the pitch, you know, getting that chief executive officer role sorted and kind of doing things that I think, the, you know, you look at it in terms of the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, they've been doing kind of, you know, the nitty gritty stuff behind the scenes, really, first of all, which is not a bad thing at all. And I think, you know, for Dean Keats, it's been an interesting situation in that He's trying to build that mentality, kind of. It is us against them, you know. Obviously, Wrexham were the only team in the National League who weren't able to sign anyone after that deadline on January the 31st. They weren't able to bring any permanents in. Well, you know, obviously, every every other club had that other deadline and Wrexham in the end signed three players who were free agents. But I think, you know, yesterday, that's the kind of result that you look back and you probably in the end go, that could be the difference because... The scenes of Dean Keats, that celebration, there's a photo on Twitter from Wrexham and, you know, you can just see how much that meant to them. Five minutes to go, ninth in the table to then at full time be nestled very nicely in them player places. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how, the, gonna be, how the next five-part series goes, eh? There's going to be there's going to be some good football teams missing out on these playoffs, you know, it's... It's they, they can't all get in there, can they? Uh, we know that um, Torquay, uh, Hartlepool and Stockport are, are, are almost a shoe-in. There's three more spaces and you've got Wrexham, Notts County, Chesterfield, Bromley, Halifax and maybe Eastleigh still um, as well competing. I think what you have to look at with Eastleigh, if they win at Aldershot at the EBB on Tuesday, they'll also have 62 points. Uh, and they'll have played 39 games, so they can still make the playoffs. Um, it'll be six teams for three places. Uh, Tom, who, if if we assume that Torquay, Stockport and Hartlepool are all guaranteed a playoff place, which I think they just about mathematically are now anyway, which three are going to prevail for you out of Wrexham, Notts County, Chesterfield, Bromley, Halifax and Eastleigh? Impossible. What a question that is. You know, I think if you'd have asked me after 85 minutes yesterday, I'd have said, I don't think Wrexham are going to do it. They then, you know, the way that they've done that, the way they've gained that victory, you've got to say that they will be there on cloud nine now. And obviously, you know, Notts County, the new manager, kind of a, a difficult start. But I think what, what's happened with Ian Birchnell is, you know, the performances weren't too bad. It was the results that weren't coming. Now they've got the results and the performances as well. Obviously, Bromley, you know, they make their managerial change, which I thought was really harsh at the time. But you've got to say, in terms of that change, the results have been really positive since then. And a point against Notts County away from home, 
you know, isn't a bad a bad run. And you look at Chesterfield and signing a player like Danny Rowe, with, you know, at this level, what a signing he is. And I know they'll be really disappointed. They weren't able to get a, uh, get the win against Wilston. And, you know, in fairness, Wilston deserves something from that game. But if I was going to go with it, I'll put me on the spot. I would go Wrexham will get in. I'd say Notts County will. And I think I'll show my bias a little bit with my Yorkshire connection, but I do think the Wild will sneak FC Halifax Town in and they'll be, they'll be that team on the final day that do. But obviously, it'll be Halifax Town against Chesterfield on that last day as well, which I think that will be winner takes all for that final playoff. And you know what? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, Luke, we all felt that Halifax were a shoe-in for the playoffs, but a little bit of poor form has, has cost them uh, points, has cost them places. Uh, and we haven't really focused on that Notts County yeah. Bromley game yet. I thought it was a huge equaliser. Um, I was going to say I was going to well, I was going to club them three results together because all right. I know I uh, in when we did the quiz the other week I predicted Wrexham to win. I just felt with the momentum and everything going there. But like you say, Halifax, mm. Bromley, Chesterfield, all all in that little bunch. Halifax were in the playoffs. They were the ones who dropped out of it for Wrexham in the end. And uh, we'll start with them, Tom, because obviously. Whatever happens, if Halifax do finish in the top 10, Pete Wilder's work miracles there. I know the fans are like, oh, well, we should be in the playoffs from this position, but he's done a fantastic job there, hasn't he, so far? Yeah, I mean, you know, you consider when he took over where the club was and what he did last season, and then consider this season, again, a whole set of new challenges. And again, you know, FC Halifax Town are in a really decent position you've got to say that and I think the best move FC Halifax Town have done in the last few years is get Pete Wilde to sign that new contract and kind of bring a bit more stability to it because you know he is built they're building something slowly but surely if they miss out this season on the playoffs just you know I think there's plenty of room there to develop and again it is that whole thing of when Pete Wilde took over, this was a club where they they really could have gone, you know, they could have gone down because you looked at the position they were in and just how little time he had to then be in the playoffs. And then this season, again, a couple of weeks ago, I thought they were guaranteed a playoff place, a couple of bad results, and all of a sudden there is questions over it. But Pete Wilde certainly deserves a lot of credit for the last 18 or so months. And, and, and he's got them playoffs last year contending for the playoffs this year. And in that time, they've transitioned from part-time to full-time as well. So uh, is that right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think the big thing for Pete Wilde has been, again, it's that thing of, you know, again, you're looking at the results. It's the stuff off the pitch, which he's having to, be, having to do. And we're in that position where, you know, playing in behind closed doors and all that, you go to the shade. That is when it's full, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later in a position where that can be happening. You know, that stadium at home, that makes a massive difference. And the form that Halifax have had in the last couple of weeks, I think that would be the only blot on his copybook really since he took over. Can I throw a dark horse in there in, in Bromley and for the playoffs? Because as I say, I spoke to both both sides of Stockport and Torquay today and they were both like, we don't want to face Bromley in the playoffs because in a one-off game, 
They have shown that they can frustrate Stockport. They've shown they can frustrate Notts County. They even took the lead at Notts County and it was a good result in the end for Notts County to come back and get that 2-2 in the end. I think in a one-off game, you wouldn't want Bromley to come to you because you know how they're going to set up and frustrate and they'll be the team that will just go, do you know what? We're happy to take it to penalties. We'll knock you out that way. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I I think um, Bromley kept themselves in the hunt with that relatively late take Campbell equaliser yesterday. Until that point, Notts County were heading for another win. I think it had been the fourth uh, or fifth on the trot. And uh, and that, that would have put a big differential of points between Notts County and Bromley. As it is, they're still in that uh, little pack of teams that, that's ready to pounce and grab whatever they can, even if it's on the last day. Um, I, I have a feeling now, and I might be proved wrong on this, but the title might be sorted out next weekend. All bar mathematically, let's say, if, if, if Sutton can get the job done against Hartlepool, regardless of what talk you do against Barnet, it'll be almost done. And then we sit back and watch the most incredible fight on the, on the last Saturday of fixtures um, for those playoff places. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, what, what, what are you thinking, Tom? Like you say, do you think it's between Halifax and Chesterfield a shootout for that last playoff place? That would be my prediction. But again, I think we agree with Rob. I think it'll be one of those on that final day, you know, 45 minutes to go, there'll be a set of teams. Five minutes to go, there'll be a set of teams. Whether that is the final set come the end of it, who knows? Because again, you know, it has been incredible drama for for all that's been said about there being no relegation and how that's taken away. The way in which these playoffs have been going and the fight for them top seven places, it has really been fascinating. So we're saying Bromley are in then. We're saying Bromley are in and it's between no, Chesterfield and Halifax. No, we're not we're no. not saying that. We're not okay. saying that. I'm not saying I'm not saying Bromley are in. Okay. Not at all. No. <laughs> Tom, no. Do you think Bromley I agree are in? With you. I agree with you about them being a difficult side to play if they're in it, but I don't necessarily think that they're um, in it. Ooh, controversial. Tom, do you think they're in it, Bromley? Oh, I've I've got Bromley just missing out as well. But again, if they if they do make it. Again, I, I would then say they really would be one of those sides that you'd be saying, right, they've got a great chance because the way they play and when you've got a player like Michael Cheek, you know, they've got someone who can score goals. It, in a one-off game, as you've been saying, it would be really tough. So, I mean, it is just going to be, these next couple of weeks are just going to be incredible viewing, I think. One thing we can add about this playoff race is uh, that uh, we'll, be, we'll be across it on the last day of the season. I'll be at uh, Aldershot against Bromley. So if Bromley do it against the odds on the last day, I'll uh, be able to get reaction from that. And uh, as I say, uh, Halifax taking on Chesterfield. We mustn't get too ahead of ourselves looking at those final day fixtures. But uh, one thing's for sure, I just think even mathematically now, it's not going to be done and dusted. You know, like in the championship, Mm -hmm. I think with two or three games to go, we all knew who was going to be in the playoffs, didn't we? It was maybe a little bit of jostling for position, but not on the league that keeps on giving, the National League that's uh, thrilled us all and is going to thrill us all to the very end this season. Yeah, and we'll we'll be keeping across it here as well on the podcast. It's uh, so difficult to predict. Uh, The other results, Eastleigh, they're they're not out of it either. We've put... Obviously, I think the way we've been talking, we all think they're just going to miss out. They got back to winning ways, a 3-0 win 
against Barnet. Solihull Moors are looking to finish the season strongly with, with Mark Yates there. They beat Woking by two goals to one. Interesting side, aren't they, Tom Solihull Moors? Again, another team with a lot of outlay. Didn't really happen for Jimmy Shan, did it? Mark Yates has gone back in there and, and steadied the ship. And, and Adam Rooney got on the score sheet on Saturday. Yeah, I think, you know, Mark Yates deserves a lot of credit for how his spells as Sully Moore's boss. Obviously, this is just a temporary one until the end of the season, but he's really got them firing. And, you know, especially at home, their form has been really good. I think it's eight unbeaten at home. And, you know, I, I think this is the thing. When, when they signed Rooney, obviously, this was, I think it was the day before, basically, the, the whole world stopped. They signed Rooney and it was a feeling of, well, this season, this one will really work because, at this level, you know, the work he's done before, you know, likes to Salford, it, you felt that this this guy's going to, you know, score goals for fun. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't, it hasn't clicked to that level. But, you know, Solihull next season, I know that they've got plans slowly being put in place for next season. I think depending on who the manager is, whether they persuade Mark Yates that, you know, he can stay and maybe he doesn't go back to Stourbridge. If they did keep him, I would say they'd be a team I'd be having my own for next season. Just to clarify, you're not blaming Adam Rooney for the world stopping, are you? <laughs> no, well, well, I mean, look, it's just a mere coincidence, isn't it? But it was it was incredible on that Friday yeah. when they announced it. And then I think it was like 14 hours later, they just went, right, yeah, that's it, we're done. <laughs> yeah, it did sound initially like you've gone, oh, Solly Hill has signed Adam Rooney. What's the world coming to? And it just stopped. <laughs> Literally, one thing that coming to. <laughs> I don't know what the odds were on Wilston getting anything at Chesterfield on Saturday, but that was the surprise result of all the fixtures for me. It really was. What it's done, it's taken that degree of control out of James Rowe and Chesterfield's hands uh, going into the last couple of games. Uh, you know, we say it could still be in their control come the final Saturday, but they might well be in a position where they need a result again. It's Halifax, and if they don't get it, Halifax take the, the playoff place instead. Yeah, the other results, Weymouth 2, Altrincham 1. Strong end again to Weymouth for next season, and I believe they're going to go certainly down a hybrid stroke full-time um, route for next season. So be interested to see how they go. Same same kind of scenario as Woking. And also Yeovil 3, Kingsland 1. And Tom, just a word on those sides as well. I mean, I've got to take our hats off to the like of Wheelstone, Weymouth, Kingsland. They found a way to carry on the season and they've not just turned up and been rolled over on a Wheelstone. I've had a couple of heavy beatings, but on the whole, it's been narrow victories from these teams. It's not, and people have did question the integrity of the league, but these, the, the, the likes of those teams have shown that there is still integrity in the league, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think when, when all these plans were announced, I think that was the worry that, you, you know, you would have, teams losing 15 nil, and you know it'd just be a load of 16 year olds going out there and you know it really wouldn't be that fair but I think you know I know Wilston have had some heavy losses but you know they played Chesterfield and deserve to get that point and I think that again it, it's that thing of you know the integrity of the league there were real question marks over that and thankfully all the teams you know and full credit to the chairman and the owners of them clubs where Really, they didn't have much to play for and it would have been probably, well, it would have been a lot easier to just go, right, everyone's on furlough, we'll put the youth team in instead. You know, they've been able to 
put some decent showings throughout these games. And I think it shows the strength of the North and South as well, doesn't it, Tom? That a lot of players have come in from the North and South. And I know we kind of lamented Jim Parman to the Dover chairman for saying it because he went, well, clubs are just signing players from the North and South and it's weakening the league. But that isn't the case at all. I mean, look at Stockport. Two of their best players have been recently been Harry Cardwell and Elliot Newby have come from Charlie. And it's been the case, I know Rob mentioned there was a player from Dark in Sam, was it Sam Baird? Yeah, Sam Baird for Barnet. And yeah. uh, and what about Donovan Wilson at yeah. Sutton? Uh, he's been on fire. You know, I think he's up to eight goals for the season now since signing on dual registration from Bath. So I don't agree at all that it's weakened the league. I think it's strengthened the league. Some of the better players from the North and South yeah. uh, are coming up. I mean, as well, Tom, I mean, I think it shows that, I think it's opened their eyes to, to a lot of chairmen and owners, you know, with the North and South players coming in, maybe on less money, that actually we can put a decent squad together with players from the league below on a lower budget and still be competitive. Definitely, you know, and I think, there's a, there's an array of talent in the National League North and National League staff. Some in the North, you know, that I could pick out right now where you're just thinking they could easily play in the National League, you know. And I think that's the thing with it is this might just open the eyes to a couple of chairmen, you know, for next season. They might think, well, instead of spending this much on, you know, what you would probably put in quotation marks, proven names. Maybe if you give a couple of chances to players who built up from step three and four and gone into the National League North and South, you know, maybe you give them opportunities. The rewards are there because, again, like you've both been pointing out, some of the better performers since all this has happened have been players who were on loan or been brought in from North and South clubs. And just quickly on that, Tom, I mean, National League North hopefully going to be getting underway in August and we're going to get a full season this season. I, I know a lot of cl- clubs will be raring to go, but equally, as we mentioned, now they're in that position where they may well lose these players and, and they'll have to go shopping maybe from step three and step four, won't they? Yeah, I mean, this is the joy of the pyramid at times because there are some players in step three and four that you know could easily be playing in the National League North, National League South, and you go down even further with players that, you know, steps five and six that could easily be playing in steps three and four. So it's that whole thing of, you know, hopefully this will help some, you know, very talented players who, for whatever reason, they haven't had that break. Hopefully this will see them, you know, move up the pyramid, move up the ladder. And obviously then there'll be a few players throughout the National League that AFL clubs look at and decide to take on. And so, you know, long may that continue. And obviously the National League North and South chairman will have the the same issues that the National League chairman are having now. You know, obviously they've been trying to keep the club going and they'll have to cut costs. And, and this is another way of them of finding that cost cutting almost, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and again, that's that's the thing is some chairman, I know one deal in particular where it was a very, a very good deal for a um, step two club where they were able to get rid of a player who was a very high earner and, you know, obviously you're not playing any football, so you let them go. They've taken that opportunity, relished, and there's a very good chance that will now be a permanent move. So it's that whole thing of, you know, using what's been going on now, you know, quite a bad card for a lot of teams and trying to use it to your advantage. Tom, just briefly, while we've got you on as well, what's the latest situation at Guiseley? I remember, obviously, when Paul Cox was briefly there, um, the transition to to a full-time club. You wondered if it was the right decision at the right time for a club like Geisley. Obviously, all sorts has, has happened in the world since then. How are Geisley doing 
Um, have they managed to sort of wrap everything up in cotton wool and, 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 and what sort of guys will they come back, excusing the past? Uh, well, I think it's been, a, it's been an interesting couple of months because, you know, first of all, when Marcus Bignott and Russ O'Neill joined as joint managers after Paul Cox, the amount of work they had to do behind the scenes that I don't think many people knew about, you know, the wage bill was, for a National League North Club, it was frightening and there were players there that, you know, in all, in all honesty, they'd signed very, very, very lengthy contracts that were very lucrative. And the work that Marcus and Russ did that first season, they just about stayed up. And, you know, you go on social media and there's people saying, oh, we should be fighting to win the league. Why, why are we struggling? Well, it's because, you know, off the pitch, they were ensuring the club's survival as a club, you know, because the wage bill really was that frightening. And then last season... And I am saying this biased, but I'm convinced Geisley would have made the playoffs if the campaign hadn't been curtailed because they, they were on a great run of form. They, you know, last game was to go to Kings Lynn and win 1 0. And this campaign has been a, di- a difficult one for Geisley, but a sensible one, in my opinion, where they haven't, they haven't pushed the boat out. You know, they gave a lot of young players chances, a couple of which have really impressed and one of which will definitely be going to an EFL club in the next couple of months, which can only be a positive. And what's been really interesting is Marcus Bignot, while you know, a lot of National League North South managers maybe have been able to have that bit of time off. He's been at Aston Villa Women, keeping them in the Super League. And he now comes back after keeping them in that competition, comes back as Geisley's joint manager with a lot of work being done. And you know, a couple of exciting signings definitely on the horizon. Great stuff. Thanks for the insight, Tom. And always good to, to have you uh, join us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is it. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks to Tom for joining us and also yourself, Rob. Cheers, guys. Have a good week. It's bubbling nicely. Every, uh, every fixture day that comes along, there's something on it right now. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be across it over those last couple of weeks, listeners. Don't you worry about that. Where it's happening, we'll be there. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to give us a follow on social media at NL Full Time on Twitter and RenL Full Time on Instagram as well. Until then, look after yourselves and enjoy your football. Hold up. 